I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Good morning, Matthias. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, again, I, I think it's it's really important uh, that we right off the bat acknowledge uh, that Damar Hamlin is doing well in his hospital, was tweeting yesterday, uh, breathing on his own. Um, of course, the big concern when we when, when the reports were that he was going to make it, we were concerned in regard to uh, his brain function. We weren't sure how much oxygen was was uh, was being circulated, of course. And, and so all, everything looks good. So with that being said, Kiwi heading into today, I think we could all breathe a little bit easier. Right. I, I mean, I, I think I think our, our emotions and um, and the, the feel and the vibe of week 18 would have been very different if, if this wasn't the scenario, considering what we all witnessed on Monday. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, given what happened, this is this is best case scenario scenario. But, you know, when you look at I know everybody's posting right now. Um, Denny Kellington was the was the um, the hero in the situation who actually evaluated and performed CPR on the field, which gave Demar, you know, those, those critical moments, you know. And so I, I just, you know, it just reminds me of the fact that in every NFL stadium and every locker room, and I was fortunate to play for the Giants, which I believe has one of the best medical staffs mm-hmm. in the game. Ronnie Barnes, big Ronnie shout out Barnes. to Ronnie Barnes. <laughs> Ronnie Barnes, you know, um, you know, but. Um, you know the, their entire staff and the, the amount of time and effort and coordination and and just you know and compassion and, and love that they put into taking care of the players you know from the top to the bottom i'm talking from a you know a um, undrafted free agent who you know stubs his toe to the franchise player who's got back issues they they really take care of each individual as a person before they look at them as a football player and that's a great thing yeah, take it from somebody who was part of the broadcast team who, um, in in an, in an insane moment, agreed to run the New York Marathon, and in 48 hours before the New York Marathon, I could barely walk because uh, I was having back problems. And mm-hmm. the New York Football Giants medical staff got me ready for the New York Marathon. And by the way, that was the, the year after the the Boston bombing. That was the big reason why I said yes mm-hmm. to running the marathon. I was raising money uh, for MSG. And so anyway, I know my story is is very <laughs> small small potatoes compared to what's going on my point of my story is you're absolutely right uh there's no better medical staff in the nfl in my opinion than the new york football giants and big shout out to them uh with that being said uh we've got a lot coming your way today um okay uh dr nick morrissey is going to be joining us momentarily we're going to take a break we're going to come back i thought it was I, I thought it would be important for us to have a doctor come on especially doctor i call him dr nick he's a very dear friend of mine very near and dear whenever there's anything medical related uh, in our wide wide world of sport i always ask nick to come on and he does a phenomenal job and so i thought it, be, it would be good kiwi mm-hmm. to bring him in explain exactly what happened on monday night and, and also, what happens now moving forward in regard to uh, DeMar's road for recovery? And does he think we'll ever see, uh, you know, DeMar play football again? So I, I, thought it w- I thought it would be good to have Dr. Nick on. And so he's going to be joining us momentarily. So we'll have that. 
you know, obviously two different storylines for the Giants and the Jets today, and that is the Giants, they've already locked in uh, that sixth seed in, uh, in the playoffs in the NFC, so really nothing to play for here. Reports are that Brian Dable is going to use this as a bye week to get everybody ready. I've, I've spoken to a number of people who cover the Giants and Kiwi. They said they don't have a lot of gas left in that tank, so it's great that they don't have to play for anything today, that they can use this week as a bye week to get ready for, of course, the postseason and to see who their first opponent is going to be. So, um, so you know, we're, we're going to dive into what we, what the, the, how we think this game is going to play out with the Eagles and the Giants. And as for the Jets, Joe Flacco has been announced that he is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets as they get ready to take on the Miami Dolphins. Jets playing for really nothing here pertaining to the postseason. The Miami Dolphins are, though. They need to win, and they need other scenarios. They need the Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose as well. Before we take a break, I guess the big, the biggest topic here pertaining to those two teams, our two hometown teams, is the fact that they, they, they decided for Joe Flacco to start as opposed to Zach Wilson getting one last go-around before the preseason. And they want to shut him down and regroup, push the reset button, and, and evaluate what they need to do to get him ready for 2023. Your thoughts on the decision that Joe Flacco is starting today? I mean, is it ceremonious? Is it? I, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't under. I don't quite understand. You know, but I'm not in the locker room. I don't understand um, the exact dynamic. In my opinion, you know, you would put the young guy out there and and give him an opportunity to um, to show what he can do. But you know, it just seems like there's there's chaos there. You know, and and we're trying to make. Um, you know, trying to trying to understand what's going on with really. There's, there's 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 no real way to um uh, to explain it you know <laughs> i know there's no I, i've been thinking about it i've really i've been looking at it i've been thinking about it i'm like okay well you know maybe he's a team guy maybe he's the guy everybody wants to see or you know maybe they just don't believe in wilson but i i i, I genuinely believe i mean if you're looking at the career the future of a, of a young player he needs time on the field you need more yep. tape to evaluate him um, and, and, and you said, you know, I think, I think we're on the same page here. I think a big reason why Joe Flacco is starting is I do believe this is probably Joe Flacco's last game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the Jets organization want to give him an opportunity to play one last time before he retires. And again, I'm not reporting anything. I don't know. We're going to have Rich Samini on the show joining us at eight 30. So we'll, we'll inquire with, with Rich, what he thinks is going to happen, but that's what my gut is telling me. Right. Could it, could so, it also be, could it also be that Zach just hasn't earned the right to win you know you know we know what kind of kind of passion you know he coaches with but like like is it that you know if he hasn't done the things you know that um give him the right to say that he's a starter then maybe you just say hey you know what the kid's not ready if he's walking in the building late still if he's not you know giving it his all i wouldn't put him out there as a starter because that would mean you know you're looking at every other player in the eye and telling him you know telling them one thing and then looking at him and saying something different so i guess from that standpoint i could understand it i just don't know enough to say yes that's the reason i hear you I hear you. Uh, by the way, this portion of the show, New York Game Day, presented by Slowman's, call 1-866-OIL-DEAL, 866-OIL-DEAL, to see how much you can save on winter heating oil. Also brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. Um, also, uh, sorry. <laughs> also brought to you by Stoli Elite. Ultra, uh, listen, it, it, hashtag champagne problems, right? Like, like th- this, this sales staff, the show is so sold. Um, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. Um, also brought to you by Stoli Elite Ultra Premium Vodka. Enjoy Stoli Elite responsibly. All right, quick break. We come back. Dr. Nick Morrissey is going to be joining us. He's the Associate Professor of Surgery and Chief Compliance Officer 
at Columbia um, in their Department of Surgery. So, and a very dear friend of mine. So, uh, Dr. Nick is going to join us. We'll take a step step back, uh, hear from him exactly what what transpired on Monday night, uh, the healing process for Damar Hamlin, and and what we can expect moving forward. That next here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Further ado, good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Nick Morrissey, joining us here, Associate Professor of Surgery, also Chief Compliance Officer at Columbia Department of Surgery. Um, and so, uh, Nick, welcome in. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us. You're on with myself and, of course, Matthias Kiwanuka. Um, thank you, my friend. How are you doing? Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, good. Happy New Year. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought it would be important to have you on just to look back and look forward, right? So, so if you can, I know because you and I were texting, uh, you know, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday morning in regard to when, when this all went down. Why don't you kind of explain uh, in layman's terms um, exactly what happened on, on Monday night that sent uh, DeMar to the hospital? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, the heart is, a, is an organ that um, has an electrical system and, um it's important that the electrical system work in a coordinated way to create sort of a rhythmic pumping of the blood. And what happens in this case, it's a condition called commodial cortis, where there's a, just a sharp blow to the heart right at the right time in the cardiac cycle, and it sends it into an ineffective rhythm, which is called ventricular fibrillation. So instead of having like a regular rhythmic pumping, which is very effective in sending blood to the rest of the body, it gets into a completely random um fluttering or fibrillation and it just it's not effective in pumping blood and that's why one of the first things you see happen is somebody passes out because you know the brain is the most important organ that we want to get blood to so you know that sort of a thump which you know i don't know if you remember back in the old days we used to watch these like tv shows or medical shows when someone would be down on the ground they would thump them in the chest to try to get the heart back into a regular rhythm so it went into probably into ventricular fibrillation from the trauma and then very ineffective pumping of blood and then there's no blood to the brain and the patient passes out and then the rest of the body as well. So it's really a life-threatening situation. It has to be managed very quickly. Good morning, doctor. Thanks for coming on with us. Can you talk about the likelihood of this happening? I know it's been reported that this is a, you know, a very, very unique scenario and you know there's probably a lot of people 
parents and players and coaches out there at the younger level who are wondering what their level of concern should be in terms of playing football? What is the likelihood of an event like this happening, in your opinion? Yes, yeah, sure. Good question. I don't know that you can put an actual number on it. It's been reported several times. It's one of those things in the medical literature that um, has been described, and it's mostly described in situations in younger people or a projectile or some kind of blunt trauma like a baseball or a hockey puck or things like that. The number is very, very low. It's, it's nothing in the order of even 1%. It's much less than that. Um, you know, others have talked about the fact that there are other things in sports and trauma that are much more likely to be problematic. So um, the chances of this happening, uh, again, not to, to avoid trying to put a number on it, but the number is actually at quite low. It has to be a perfect timing of the trauma in a perfect location and during the cardiac cycle. So, uh, so the reports that we're hearing uh, from the hospital on, on Damar is, is, is really outstanding, right? Like no longer on a breathing apparatus, uh, able to, to Zoom and FaceTime with his, his teammates, was, was tweeting yesterday. He still is in, in critical condition, they're reporting. But your thoughts on, you know, what's, what's the healing process? Like, and, and, and are there any long-lasting effects? Do you think... Uh, you know, that Hamlin will ever be able to play football again? Like, what, what realistically, what can we spe- ex- expect in regards to, to the healing process? Yeah, so when you and I spoke earlier in the week, I think the first thing that I was concerned about, and you're always concerned about it, someone who's, who's down, what we call someone down when they're, they don't have a pulse uh, or breathing, you know, is how much time was there not blood to the brain? And, you know, the most concerning thing that I thought, you know, being hit down that night was how much how much damage to the brain will there be. So, um, you know, the key is how quickly they got out there and started CPR. Um, you know, he he had pretty aggressive CPR, which is you know not to get too much into the medicine, but I think part of the issues with his lungs, you know, being on the ventilator for a few days. And when you do really good CPR, you're compressing the chest, you can cause some trauma to the lungs that's usually something that's overcome rather quickly. And you can see that you know, he came off the breathing tube on Friday, meaning his lungs kind of recovered. But the fact that they were able to institute CPR aggressively early uh, really helped to sustain blood flow to his brain. So when you see him start to talk on Friday and get, when he gets the breathing tube out, asking, you know, who won the game, and then yesterday tweeting, uh, to me that tells me that his, the most important thing is that they were able to institute good quality CPR and keep the blood flow going to his brain throughout this process. So, you know, I've been asked before about other athletes who've had some really devastating uh, injuries. Like I remember Serena Williams several years ago had blood clots in her legs that went to her lungs twice. Mm -hmm. Came back after that and won a major tournament. So I think with these elite, you know, well-trained, physically um, very fit athletes, you can never count them out from, coming back to play, listening to him, he sounds like, you know, he's still really into it and he wants to get back. I think that some of the things they're going to have to do, he's going to have to have more of a um, thorough evaluation of his heart function you know, to see if there's been any permanent damage to the, you know, to the heart itself. And also to, you know, from neurologic testing and some other things to make sure that, you know, things are still in order for him to try to go back if that's uh, if that's something that he wants to do. But I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't count him out if it's something that he wants to do. Without without knowing the details um, of the specifics, is there anything inherently about an episode like this that would make him more susceptible to having another um, you know issue in the future? 
Yeah, so they're, I'm sure that they're going to have him evaluated by like an electrophysiologic uh, cardiologist and another cardiologist. I think there are ways to assess whether the electrical system of the heart is functioning properly. Uh, nothing about having it happen at one time should make him necessarily susceptible to it again, unless there's permanent damage to the part of the heart that may control some of the electrical system. So that's going to be part of the, the workup they're going to do, I'm sure. And you can never get to, say, 100%. Uh, but, but again, it would be extremely unlikely to have something like this happen again. Again, Dr. Nick Morrissey joining us here at 98.7 ESPN. Um, any, any final thoughts um, before we let you go? No, I just, you know, it was, it was really tough to watch this. I think everybody sort of shares this idea. You know, I'm at the age where, you know, my kids are almost his age. And I thought to myself, Jesus, I felt so bad for his parents, like watching mm-hmm. and seeing this go on. So, I think this is one of the things. There's been a lot of writing in the in the papers this week about you know football and, and you know safety and um, the things that we that we expect from our athletes. And I think just thinking about it as a parent and then as a person watching this kid who's clearly just a terrific kid and really hurting and thinking about the fact that he may not make it through. It's really encouraging to see him talk and and. Uh, you know, wake up and really get involved with his teammates. It was, it was heartening to see how everybody reacted to this. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll learn from this and um, keep working on increasing the safety of uh, young men and women who are playing in these sports. Dr. Nick, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Really do appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, thank Doctor. You, you got sure. it. Um Quick break. We come back. Rich Samini is going to join us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll find out what's going on with the Jets as they get ready to try to play spoiler to the Miami Dolphins. That next here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Rich Samini joins us now. Um, he's got a great podcast out there called Flight Deck. Hopefully uh, you have already downloaded it, find it on Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, good morning, Rich. How you doing? Good morning, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for joining myself. And of course, uh, Matthias Kiwanuka. First things first, the decision was made. Joe Flacco was starting today. Why is that? Why is Joe starting today over Zach Wilson? Yeah, well, great question. And the reason is that they, well, actually, Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback. Let's get that out of, you know, right up front. He is uh, mm-hmm. active as the number two. And they just decided to start Flacco. Obviously, Mike White, who revealed on Friday, he's got five fractured ribs. 
and was just in too much pain this week, so he won't play, won't dress. And the question was posed to Robert Sala on Friday, why Flacco over Wilson? And they just want Zach Wilson to focus on 23. You know, they they really don't think he's in a good place right now. The Jets are going with a complete, almost a revamped offensive line today because of injuries. They just lost three starters this week. So it's going to be a makeshift line, a makeshift to the makeshift line, because they've had a makeshift line pretty much most of the year. And, uh, like, they just don't want to mess with him. They just want him to be focused on next year. So they're going to go with Flacco. And what could be Joe Flacco's final hurrah? Rich, good morning. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Morning. Um, so what what could Wilson have done? Like, what did he need to do that he didn't do um, to get him or to earn the right to, to start in this final game? Or is it just, you know, was there just at this point there was absolutely nothing he could have done? Well, I mean, we go back to the Jacksonville game on that Thursday night in the rain. He played so poorly and was benched, uh, pulled out of the game, basically booed off the field. You know, had he played well in that game and they won, you know, I think Robert Sala might have continued to roll with him. Uh, So this has just been an awful year for Zach Wilson, starting all the way back in training camp when he had the knee injury, he had the scope, missed three games, came back, you know, played okay in some games. They won. You know, I think he was 5-2 and as a starter when they benched him. And then uh, it's been one thing after the other. He's he's just – lost his confidence right now this is going to take a major not only from a physical standpoint like fine-tuning his mechanics but it's going to take like a psychological overhaul for him they have to rebuild his confidence and my concern is you know he's going to go behind if if Flacco something happens to Flacco God forbid you never want to wish ill will on anyone but if something happens to him today he's actually going to have to go in the game and uh, a little surprised that Chris Strebler is not active today uh, but, you know, let's hope that Zach Wilson doesn't have to get in the game today. Yeah, that, that was something that I thought about was that they, they might be protecting his, his mindset. You know, we haven't we haven't said enough about, you know, checking in with him mentally and psychologically and seeing, like, where he's at. You're close enough there. Um, you know, how does he look? Like, how is his face? Is he walking around dejected? Does he does he seem like he's, he's into it? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, – I think – I had a brief conversation with him the other day, but we were talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation. There really wasn't anything related to what's going on now. It doesn't really matter, you know, how he's looking in the locker room. Like you, I think you used a good word there a minute ago, a Kiwi protect. I think they're trying to protect him, you know, not only physically, but psychologically and just do everything they can to get him ready for next year. I do believe Zach Wilson will be on the team next year. I don't think he's going to be the starter, but I just don't think they're going to toss him out after two seasons considering the size of the investment but here's the thing rich you know are you're gonna waste it and 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 again like full transparency i just i'm jury's in for me now jury was not in until this season jury is in for me to me zach wilson isn't it so because because you drafted him at two now you potentially are going to throw away another season next year, especially with as well we saw this defense perform the start of the season. Just imagine if they had a quarterback of the likes of a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr who will be available this coming offseason, what that would do for a defense to give them new hope, new light, new excitement in regard to what, what potentially they could do next season and the noise that they can make next season. I just, you know, I go back to look at what Steve Kime did with the Arizona Cardinals when he drafted uh, Josh Rosen 
And immediately after one year, you saw the writing on the wall. They didn't say, listen, we drafted Josh Rosen high up there in the first round. So we've, we've, we've got to stick to this. We've got to be committed. Like they saw this isn't working. We need to pivot. And, and sure enough, you know, they went after, after, uh, you know, Murray and, and whatnot. Not that that's working out for them right now either, but nonetheless, yeah. I, I just, yeah. you know, I would I, hate to say it. I would hate to see a team be committed to a player that I think everybody, not, not everybody, but majority of people have already made an assessment on because of where they drafted him, Rich. Yeah, I don't, I think that's a different situation uh, because, I mean, the coach, they hired a new coach there that year, Kingsbury, who had a very, he had a relationship with Kyler Murray and also ran, you know, an offense that was seemingly perfect for his skill set, whereas Josh Rosen was not. And they saw him as a franchise quarterback. You know, the Jets are not in that position. I mean, if they had the first pick in the draft this coming year and they, and they had, were head over heels with in love with Bryce Young, maybe it would be a different situation. So I don't think it's the same situation. Uh, but, and I also did, I didn't say he'd be back as the starter next year. I, I do think there is a good chance they go out and get a, a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr to come in there. Uh, and I, I think, in my opinion, I think you have to do that for the reasons you just mentioned. I think your defense is ready to win now. Mm-hmm. You have to do something to improve the offense. I just think they're going to keep him and try to continue to develop him in a backup role. Now, is it ideal? I, I don't think it's an ideal situation to have a number two pick in the draft sitting on your bench. Uh, but what would they get in the trade? I mean, it's, it would be almost embarrassing to trade him for a fifth or sixth-round pick. I mean, you talk about pennies on the dollar. That, that would be the case if they traded Zach Wilson for a fifth-round pick. And I think the owner is very much in favor of keeping Zach Wilson. You know, they invested $35 million guaranteed in him, and they don't want to toss him. He does have talent. You know, they drafted him for a reason. There is talent there. He just – maybe it's coaching. I mean, we haven't talked about Michael Floor yet. Is he going to be back? with another chance to develop Zach Wilson. I don't know. I mean, he's the guy who I would say whose seat is hottest of all. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's a problem I have with it. It's he can, he can be the wrong quarterback for this situation and still have talent, which means that he could go on somewhere else and play and, and have at least some kind of success in the NFL. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that him, if he, if they would keep him, that he will have success. Does that make sense? And in, in the sense that, yeah, it, I mean, it, it could be okay to let him go and let him be successful somewhere else, just knowing that it wasn't going to work out here in New York. I mean, first of all, we, we talk about it. it's New York City, right? New York mm-hmm. is not meant for everybody. You know, it is it is the Jets. It is a coaching staff. Maybe it's a system. There are a, a plethora of things that, that can play into it, and sometimes you just got to say, hey, you know what? It is okay. It didn't work out here. It doesn't mean we have to bash him and, and, and drag him through the mud. Just, hey, you know, you go on because could you imagine what it would do for that locker room if a you know a first tier quarterback were to walk in there? What do you think? How do you think that that defense would react if all of a sudden they found out, hey, we've got a top tier quarterback coming in? Well, I mean, I think they would react. I mean, they would be happy. I mean, they. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defense is the defense. I mean, they're they're ranked number three in the league right now, or is it mm-hmm. three or five? I think they're five. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good defense, as is. It, it might be even better next year if they could tweak a couple of things. But I thought what Michael LaFleur said the other day was really interesting. It, it made a lot of headlines about how, in retrospect, they should have put Zach Wilson on the bench uh, as a rookie and let him learn behind a starter. Um, I don't know if he got in trouble for saying that or not, but I, I applaud him for his honesty. 
because that's what should have happened. You know, we were asking that entire training camp, how come there's no veteran on this roster? Mm-hmm. And eventually they traded for Joe Flacco. You know, remember, that was like such a big narrative that mm-hmm. summer. Like, and Zach did have a good preseason, but come on, he played against backups. You know, he was playing with the second team, uh, facing second team defenses. So, of course, he was going to look okay. And so the Jets, I think, they'll never admit it, but I think maybe they realized they rushed him into the lineup. And they haven't really done a good job of developing them. But going, this goes back for regime, past regime. The Jets are not good at developing young quarterbacks. And you see a guy like a Geno Smith, who's, who's blossomed in Seattle. Sam Darnold is starting to show good things in Carolina. And I, I was stunned that Robert Sala mentioned those names in a press conference the other day, as if to say, we don't want to let Zach go and become one of those guys who, who mm-hmm. blossoms on someone else's watch. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fascinating question. Like I said, I do think Zach will be back at the start of training camp, uh, but I do think they'll probably have a veteran above him. Uh, last question before we let you go, Rich, uh, for today's game. Um, again, Jets, as we know, really not playing for much. Who's going to be active? Who's not? Is it more important to play spoiler to the Miami Dolphins? Are we going to see a lot of backups? What can we expect in this game with the Jets today? Yeah, well, it's going to be ugly on offense. There's no two ways about it. I mean, you got uh, your, your third-string quarterback in there, and uh, you, you got an offensive line that is playing only two starters, two original starters, Connor McGovern and Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, you know, the defense is, is fairly intact. I mean, look, the Jets, you're right. I mean, uh, Anita, it's not an important game in terms of the standings for the Jets, but let me tell you, they want to win this game. They, they, no team wants to go into the offseason on a six-game losing streak. That is just not good for anyone. And so they absolutely want to win this game. And I know some Jet fans are like, oh, I'd rather lose because, you know, it'll help our draft position by a few spots. That is not in their mindset. I mean, a win uh, – albeit against a team that's you know, on a five-game losing streak as well and playing their third-string quarterback. But the Dolphins do have some playoff hope, and they'll be highly motivated. And I would, I would predict a very, very low-scoring, ugly game that's all about defense. And so I, I wouldn't uh, – if I were Jet fans, I would cover my eyes watching this one, but just hope for the best. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Have a good one, guys. Take care. You got it. You got it. Rich Samini again, his podcast, Flight Deck. Make sure you uh, you listen to it on Spotify. Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, that's for sure, Kiwi. Uh, Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper, a leading global business advisory firm. Uh, help you design a winning game plan for your business moving forward together. Learn more at EisnerAmper.com. We come back, we'll have Kiwi's keys to the game for the Jets. What do the Jets need to do in order to play upset to the Miami Dolphins? We'll find out next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Get ready for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. Welcome back. Again, it is uh, New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. And uh, it is time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game, uh, brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. Um, Also brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit samuelpain.com today. And brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for business moving forward together. EisnerAmper.com. With that being said, Kiwi, give us your three keys to the game. What do the Jets need to do today to play upset to the Miami Dolphins? Well, the first key is going to be for the, the players who are already established, the guys who know that, you know, either they're coming back, you know, to New York or they'll have a, a job, you know, in the NFL next year. And that that is just be professional and understand that every single play is being evaluated by your club and 31 other organizations. And at some point, somebody who's watching you play today might have an opinion on whether or not you're going to continue playing in the NFL. That being said, because there's not anything to play for, because of all the circumstances, you know, you're going to find yourself in a situation where, you know, guys who have not played together or guys who um, have not, don't have a lot of experience either playing in football or playing at the NFL level or playing at that position or with this team are going to be on there. So what the guys who find themselves have to do is make sure that they only do their job. When you're playing with guys who are not a group, who have not had that experience and don't understand how to play um, amongst each other, they're looking to make sure that what they saw in film is exactly what happens on the field. So you need to do just your job. Don't go outside of the, the play or the defense or the offense and try to create. Just make sure that you're doing your job. And then when you get there, make sure that you execute um, perfectly. So it's really just about the basics, sound execution. Make sure that you're in position. You're not trying to you know, fake somebody out because you're going to end up faking somebody out that's on your team. Um, so, you know, we'll recap it. Those are my three keys. Number one, if you're already established, be professional. Understand you're being evaluated. Number two, um, only do your job and execute perfectly. Love it. Great keys, as always. Uh, Kiwi's keys to the game. A little bit later on, coming up in this next hour, we're going to have Jordan Renan join us. We'll have Kiwi's keys to the game on, I don't know, like, are there keys to the game to the Giants? They're not going to be starting uh, a lot of their starters. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be a fun conversation. 800-919-3776 is the number to get on board. Uh, when we come back, Matthias and I uh, have a, a very uh, serious conversation in regard to what happened on Monday night. Uh, with uh, DeMar Hamlin and, uh, and and how the NFL handled it and the NFL moving forward. So stay tuned for that. We'll also hear from Jordan Renan. And we'll have my locks of the week. Went 2-1 and one last week, so I'm sitting 35-16 and 16 on the season. Mm. Tom, you're a smart dude. Uh, get the percentage when I get back. All right, you're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN.